You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindsets and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited and honored for today's guest. He's calling in all the way over from Bangkok. So this is an early morning or a late day for him, one of the two. <laughs> but uh, super excited to welcome Darshan Meta is the founder of iResearch.com, an insights platform to quickly and affordably extract insights from consumers worldwide and ConnectQuick.com, an app for instant connections and engaging interactions. He plans to launch Big Mango Startup Hub in collaboration with King Mongkut's University of Technology in Bangkok, Thailand. In addition to his roles at iResearch and Connect Quick with a Q, Mr. Meta has taught at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C., at the University in Gothenburg in Sweden, and at Tamasat University in Thailand, at Sciences Po in France, and the Franklin University in Switzerland. A lot of different universities. <laughs> Darson's book, Getting to AHA, which is pretty awesome, Why Today's Insights Are Tomorrow's Facts, is set to be released this week. So super excited to welcome him to Making Bank today. Hey, Josh. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. Uh, thanks for the amazing intro. I don't know how I can uh, live up to that. So uh, thanks. We got lots of universities like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> well, excited to have you on. Uh, kind of let's jump in and tell us a little about how you got started in all this. I mean, your entrepreneurial experience. Did you start it as a kid? Did it come happen later after all this university things happening? So give us a little insight there. Well, I, you know, I realized when I was in college, one of the things I really liked were working on case studies. And it fits into something that's part of my nature, which is I love solving problems. I'm not really afraid of problems. I just love solutions. Sure. And so I love case studies. And I realized when I got out, I wanted to do that, but also made a bit of a lifestyle decision so that I could basically, if I could, try to have a little bit more of an academic calendar, so to say, you know, but also uh, I wanted to be able to work with clients and solve problems. So I went into consulting um, and I decided to go into brand consulting because I really like uh, the consumer behavior, the human nature of things, as well as solving, you know, getting to the kernel of things and try to solve the problem, getting to that real nugget of insight. And so during that time, you know, you, it sounds like you were, I guess, first tell us a little bit about what insight is, you know, for you and what you are talking about, just because it, some people may not, oh, hey, you know, this is what I think it is. Sure. I mean, a lot of times people think an insight is a fact or uh, uh, an observation. It's actually more than that. It, it's a combination of uh, knowing the facts, observing things, but also kind of being in touch with the societal train, trends, technological trends, kind of what's going on at the macro level as well. Okay. And I'll give you an example. I think one of the, uh, the best people for insights are comedians. Like, you know, when you've listened to a really good comedian and you say, oh, my God, that is so true and so funny. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, how many times does Seinfeld do that for you? Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Because they took something that's out there in the world, combined it with something that you kind of knew in the back of your mind, but you never articulated it. And you put it together with what's going on. And then you say, oh, my God, I never realized that. But that's so true. And that's an insight. Mm. And so I know and kind of when I was 
providing your introduction and stuff, um, you I mentioned you know about insights or you know how they're tomorrow's facts and what does that mean? So obviously, if it's things that you're seeing, like oh yeah, you know I could see that as being true, but then you know I guess how is that resonating with you and and how should our audience look at that? Well, when you're an entrepreneur and to be successful, okay, we we all live in a very hyper competitive environment. You're no longer competing with the person down the street. You're competing with someone maybe down the street across the state, across the country, and in many cases now, even across the world. Right. right. And so what you're looking for is differentiators. How do you differentiate? How do you make yourself stand out? And the way to do that is to gain these insights so that you know that, hey, there's a better way I think I can address my customers' needs or desires. And that's what you're looking for is that differentiator. And the way to do that is get these insights. And when you get these insights, you're actually getting a leg up on your competitors. You're getting a head start. And if you think about many things that we take around, we look around our world, you know, it didn't exist at one point. Someone came up with it. They had sure. an insight saying this, you know, and then they created this. And all of a sudden, you know, now we accept it as fact, right? For example, let's just take computers, for example. When they first came out, everyone had those dot matrix printers, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there wasn't these fancy fonts, calligraphy, and all that stuff. But along comes the Mac with Steve Jobs, and he had actually taken a class in calligraphy in college and liked it. And now you have the ability to use fonts in your computers and print things and do things like, oh, my God, this is really cool. And that you know, was an insight ahead of everybody else. But then the rest of the market followed. Now it's standard. I mean, you know, you're expecting lots of fonts and things at your fingertips. Yeah, no, and that's great. What, and so, you know, as being an entrepreneur and, you know, in a, you know, in a competitive world, like you said, and there's everybody down the street and around the corner and everything that you're competing with, whether they're small or, you know, hundred million dollar companies. So then where do we, I guess, find these insights that, that apply to us and then how can we use them than to get ahead of our competition or stay ahead. Sure. So there's one thing I want to say just before we, I tell you how we get the insights. One is that I, I've really tried to keep things very simple. And okay. one thing I've kind of realized to really be successful in a business, if you can do one of three things and then there's a plus one, I think your chance of being successful are really good. And that is one. If you can save people money, time, or make it easier, your chance of being successful are going to be quite good. If you can do one of them, I would say it's like 1x. If you can do two, it's 2x. And if you can do three, it's 3x chance of being successful. But the plus one is if you can evoke an emotion. Now, you could go to 6x, 12x. I don't know. It depends on the emotion, right? Right. Because not only we are competing with people, but consumers have so many choices. Sure. And now, we are, I think, no longer just buying products. We're buying experiences. And if you can find a product that not only helps you save money, time, or make it easier, but it can make you know, have an emotion like, oh, my God, that's really cool. Or that's really going to help me a lot. Now you're talking about a whole different X factor. And the way to get to these insights is what you want to do is find those things to make it easier, make it better, faster, but also find a way to connect with the consumer to evoke an emotional response to your product or service. And so uh, – from a digital standpoint, so obviously, you know, somebody's visiting a website or researching information in, you know, finding, um, you know, let's just say they're on a website looking around. What kind of things, because we do a lot of split testing and things like that for our uh, natural products company and things like that. 
what kind of things should we look to incorporate or do? You know, obviously we're talking about, you want to invoke an emotion, you know, right there. And it, 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 we're not face to face. So it's not like, oh, I can be like, hey, you know, and, and see you smile or see, you know, based on the color of the screen or, you know, whatever that might be. So what do we look to do or place or change to be able to invoke that emotion, I guess, initially? Yeah, that's an excellent question, because I think a lot of times we're so inclined to go to what I think sometimes is easier and also less costly, which is go for real hard data, right? Right. Look at the analytics of A-B testing, look, do surveys, do this. But that's usually reporting what people are have done or are sure. or, or just finished. I'm trying to get at before that, like what gets people motivated? What are the triggers? What are the things that really get them to consider your product or service versus someone else's? And so traditionally, there's been two ways to go about doing that. One, we talked about surveys and analytics, but the other is actually as simple as having conversations. Okay. And, and actually talking to people, getting to know what they think and feel, uh, tapping into really their subconscious. Because if you think about it, 95% of our decisions are made by our subconscious. Mm. And the key is getting into that. And a lot of times you and I may not even know about this stuff until we start talking about it. So if we had, let's say, you know, five or 10 people talking about a subject, kind of like going to a cocktail party, right? You go there and there's a group of people, all of a sudden you're talking about a topic and everybody's into it. They can all identify with it and you're building off of each other. You're like, oh, that's really interesting, Josh, what you said. I never thought of that. But let me tell you what I experienced. And so if you get to that level, you're getting deeper and deeper. And now you're getting into what people really think and feel. And that's where the kernels of insights are that are going to help you. Uh, and then that's what you want to do first. And then you want to quantify that. Say, okay, I talked to a bunch of people and I feel that, you know, this is a good uh, insight I have and I want to test it further. That's when you get into the numbers and quantify it. So then you can say, I'm pretty confident that a X percent of the population is going to be positive or whatever it is you're seeking to, you know, this particular insight that you have. I got you. Okay. And so tell me about then. So for in the past, what we've done, you know, with our company is we've done um, research, we've used uh, big data companies to analyze, you know, our, our top buyers who our best, you know, our best customers are, uh, you know, and, and understand who they are, what they do, you know, where they shop, what kind of buying, you know, what kind of things that they look to buy and, and, and things like that to understand then how we can look to uh, attract more of those customers, you know, to us. So taking that aspect and then combining it with what you're talking about, you know, the details, maybe that uh, we, we know certain things that they enjoy doing or the certain things that they look for that makes them happy and understanding um, based on some of that data uh, overall with what you're doing with your data and your insights and everything. Um, how does that mesh or merge to them now create a better overall experience um, simplification, uh, you know, when they're on your website, you know, looking at things and then checking out. You know, that's a natural thing to do. You know, as a company grows, they have a successful uh, product and thing. It's going in the right direction. So you say, how can we replicate more and more of this? And that's perfectly fine. That makes sense. But at some point, you also have to look at what's going to be around the corner that could replace what I'm doing. Right. What's going to change, right? Let me give you an example. Coca-Cola years ago, right? They're constantly doing taste testing with other sodas, right? And they, they, they come up with one that people absolutely love taste-wise, blind taste test. I mean, you know, number after number, they just loved it. And so that's when they introduced new Coke, right? Right. <laughs> and they got rid of the old Coke. 
But what they didn't do in their testing was to find out the emotional connection people had with the old Coke. It ended up being a huge you know, revolt, basically. And now if you think about it, new Coke doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, it was it, it, the numbers were there supporting the new formula. It tasted better and so and so it even beat their competitors. But the problem is they didn't test the one thing is how would you feel if we got rid of your Coke? And it's like, are you kidding me? You're going to get rid of something I grew up with and right. you know, all my life. That's an emotional connection. Right. And that's something you need to understand the depth and value of some of these emotions that people do. Um, and I'll give you another example as well uh, that our opportunities exist for uh, in, in shavers for men for shaving. Sure, now, I, I, see, I see you're not big on shaving, but <laughs> right here. <laughs> but uh, just did, just did yesterday. So, <laughs> but you know the innovation was add another uh, blade. So we got the five blades. What do you do right. after that, right? But what happened with each of these innovations? they became more and more expensive, these cartridges. Mm -hmm. So as a result, when you went to go buy them, you had to go to the clerk to go unlock the cabinet to buy it. And that took away from the entire experience, right? And it was time consuming. It was just a pain. So here comes along and somebody, you know, a small company says, hey, I'm going to do it differently, right? I'm just going to do a subscription base. So it's much easier, much simpler. And the innovation wasn't actually a sixth blade or a seventh blade. It was the experience, the buying experience that that made the difference so that's sure. what i'm saying sometimes you can go down this path but you also need to look at other opportunities that might exist that could really catapult uh your trajectory for your company and that's so that you know obviously then dollar shave club had come out right and created that better experience and then obviously what, i think they sold the gillette you know a handful of years later for a billion dollars <laughs> or something <laughs> but i mean that, that was really quite a story if you think about it because gillette had i think 75 percent of the market right it's like so. If anybody says I'm going to start a, a new blade company or a new, sh it's like really. I mean, you know, they own seventy five percent, but they realize there's real opportunity here, and that's what I'm saying. There's so many opportunities in so many different ways. Not just the product and pricing. It's also about the packaging. You know how it's distributed. The whole and it's going back to what we talked about earlier, and that is people are buying experiences now, not just products. Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFTs, investing is all an ever-changing landscape these days. And for me, the Modern Finance Podcast hosted by Kevin Rose is a great place to listen to the latest trends in crypto and brush up on the fundamentals. Crypto isn't for everyone until you listen to Modern Finance. Modern Finance is the crypto show for the novice and expert alike. Their mission is to demystify crypto and the world of NFTs without dumbing it down. True Venture partner Kevin Rose interviews top tech experts and entrepreneurs exploring the modern finance tools and helping others understand crypto, NFTs, and even traditional finance hacks. Modern Finance offers two shows on a single podcast feed, one weekly consensus episodes that explores weekly news and distills it into digestible information, and then the deeper interviews, which I love, with individual crypto founders and NFT artists. Don't let your crypto guy friend be the life of the party. By listening to Modern Finance, you will feel well-equipped to discuss and understand the crypto and NFT landscape. Feel informed about your investments, and don't miss out on the next big thing in crypto or NFTs. Join Kevin Rose on the Modern Finance Podcast every single week so you don't miss a beat. Ten years ago, some people called cryptocurrency a scam. Five years ago, people thought it was a fad. 
and now it's already over a trillion dollar market and growing. The Modern Finance Podcast helps you make sense of all the coins, NFTs, and chaos. Now is the time to equip yourself with the knowledge of where things are going. The financial landscape is harder than ever to navigate, but you don't have to do it alone. Download and subscribe to Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't be the last person on the next train out. Listen to Modern Finance and get ahead of the future of finance. I know you worked for um, in the branding side of things for a long time. What are some of the steps brands can take then to access and leverage the knowledge um, you know, from their audiences, whether they're external or internal and stuff? So what's happened in the past is uh, really successful big companies have been using this method for years. I mean, Procter & Gamble has been doing it for years, and they build world-class brands all throughout. And that is basically doing qualitative or focus group research. Okay. But the challenge has been in the past has been too expensive and a bit challenging. So I'm looking with the platform that I've uh, released, iResearch.com, is to allow it so that smaller to medium-sized companies can actually take advantage of this methodology and do it on their own at scale. They can do it on demand, anytime, anywhere, in any language. So I'm trying to do the things we talked about. I'm trying to help you save time, money, make it easier <laughs> so you can tap into those emotions. And yeah, and so tell me, I mean, like, you know, our brand, you know, we're in the health space. We're a large natural oral care company. You know, how can we use then that eye research to do some of that what you're talking about? Sure. So let's say there, you might be, there might be some opportunities you're thinking about that, that are existing out there. You're not really sure. So I would right. you know, tell you to get a group of your customers together um, and have them join a session. And you can actually talk about some of these ideas and concepts. You can actually even test some of the messaging, right? Uh, the ads and test the messaging. Say, hey, is this something that resonates with you? How would you react? How would you feel? Uh, and those are the things you're going to start uncovering opportunities that might exist out there that you hadn't really thought about or, or known about prior to that discussions. Sure. And then with iResearch, you know, what you guys do, do you guys go find the people um, outside of our customers? Do you say, okay, hey, you know, I need your customer list. And then do you guys kind of handle and execute on all that? Or I guess, like, how can it like free up my time? So I'm not sitting there, the one making the phone calls and jumping on <laughs> you know, the platform right, right. and running the discussions and all that. Well, there's many many ways you can recruit now. There's, there's companies that actually will, will find the people for you and get you recruited and take you to a screening service, which you want to do anyways. You want to screen people sure. to make sure they're the right fit, right? So let's say we were going to do a, a series of groups on, on shavers, right? We want to make sure we're talking to people that really are regular shavers and so on. And so you want to screen for that and, and, and maybe find out if there's any dissatisfaction with the current experience or whatever. And then once you screen for that, you actually invite them to the group. And there's so many ways to recruit now. Like I said, there's companies that would do it from social media, your social channels and so on. Uh, so there's lots of ways to do that. And in fact, I would advocate at some point, if you're going to do this on a regular basis, actually build up a database of people that are willing to participate on a regular basis to do this kind of uh, feedback sessions with you. Because if you think about it, one way or another, you're going to hear from your customers, right? right. Even if you don't solicit feedback, they're going to put comments and reviews uh, on your stuff anyways. Sure. And so that's one of a great way to, you can you know, recruit these people to actually work with you on a regular basis to give you feedback. So once you do that, 
then you actually have an online session where people can log in from anywhere and actually have a discussion. And it's, it's actually chat-based, and I'll tell you why. I've done the video and I've done the audio and all that. Only one of us can talk at a time right now, right? Mm. Otherwise, you know, right. your listeners aren't going to be happy, and we're not going to be understanding each other. But with a chat base, you can pose a question to 10 or 15 people, and they all respond uh, immediately with their initial thoughts. But then they see what other people say, and you end up doing a nice deep dive. And you'll find that you actually can glean a lot of people's personalities and things through that as well. And just think about it now. During the day, how much of your communication is text-based? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. Right. A, good, a, I mean, a, lot, lot. a lot higher percentage now than it used to be <laughs> when we had <laughs> and, the old flip phones, right? <laughs> exactly. And you can still glean what people are thinking and feeling their personalities through the text and uh, text-based. So, you know, things have changed. And so the two things I found very unique when it's uh, text-based and chat-based is that, one, you get everyone to respond without interrupting. So you're actually getting much more information from more people at the same time. But the other I found is an interesting uh, thing that occurs is people tend to think a little bit extra before they put their thoughts into writing. Now, sure. we don't require they be perfect you know, grammatically or spelling as long as we can understand you. But I just found that little extra step of thinking and articulating, you actually end up with some more insightful thoughts and comments as a result. Interesting. No, that's that's great. Um, what uh, I know you've had over I don't know, 20, 25 plus years in you know, branding and marketing uh, everything. What are maybe like the top three things that brands or companies that are trying to build their brand should do, but they're not doing? Well, I think one, they need to understand exactly who they're going to be and set their North Star, right? Uh, for example, do you want to be the best in your state or do you want to be the best in the world, right? They're two different tra trajectories. Sure. Both are achievable. Sure. Not that they're not. But I think once you recognize, I would probably go for, hey, why not even higher? Because even if you miss that high bar, right. at least you'll be best in the state. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or, right? Uh, but not only that, you'll know how far you're missing and know what to do to get to the next level. And I think, you know, sometimes I think you should push yourself to be even a higher level uh, in terms of a brand and then find ways to get there by doing uh, a variety of different ways to get at insights and to get closer to the customer and, you know, really get honed in on that product market fit so you can really uh, satisfy your audience. No, that's great. We got a little bit of time left. Tell me a little bit about, um, so obviously we, your, your book's dropping this week here, you know, and it's, you know, getting to that aha. So kind of give us a little insights of what you've packed in this book, how it's going to help me as an entrepreneur or a CMO, uh, and, and then we'll get to where we can find it here in a few minutes. <laughs> I think what you like about the, the books, I think, I, I know you like this in general, is there's a lot of examples, right? There's lots of examples you can relate to and understand as to what's been uh, happening with companies that were really at the top of their game, but some of them are no longer around. Right. For example, Kodak, right? I mean, Kodak, were they in the business to sell film or were they in the business to sell memories? Right? Sure. They were actually in the business of some memories. Yeah. But what happened to them is they actually knew about digital cameras and stuff that was coming around, but they said that was going to take away their existing business and cannibalize themselves, right? And it's true, but in the end, they still got you know uh, basically eliminated by a competitor and trends and changes in technology. So uh, one of the things I advocate in the book is actually you should learn to become your best competitor, you know, because you can't really control the competition. 
but you can control what you do and you can control the level of innovation you do for your products and services to continue to stay on top of what's changing with the consumer you know technology and everything no that's great and then uh where's the best place people can grab a copy of your book sure it's going to be on uh, it's on amazon so you can go there uh getting to aha but you're also welcome to come to iresearch.com uh, or if you want, you can just uh, email me directly at dm at iresearch.com. Okay, awesome. And we have, we have the links right down here, guys. So, uh, you know, go check it out. It's got some amazing content. It's going to help you and then make you kind of think a little different to how you're attracting your customers, how you're working with them in, in creating those, whether they're online experiences or figuring out exactly what your customers are looking for as well. I hope you guys are taking notes, some amazing insights uh, that are getting dropped today. Go back, listen to this again, you know, hear, hear what he's saying, pay attention, and then get that, get a copy of his book and, you know, hear what Darshan's talking about and see exactly what all the knowledge that he's accumulated over the years, you know, is dropped in this book. Um, to help you and your business. So uh, one last thing before we kind of wrap up. One question you're kind of like, oh man, I hope I was hoping Josh was going to ask me this so I could talk about it a little <laughs> bit more. Um, what's one thing you kind of really want to leave the audience with so they understand or, you know, a question or thought or whatever that may be um, that's going to be able to help them as well? What's the one question you want me to um Or just one question that you were hoping I was going to ask you because you really wanted to share that information. <laughs> Actually, you asked me quite a bit of good ones. I, you know, I thought we, we shared a lot. I think I would tell people, look, it's not it's not that complicated, to be honest with you, right? I, I really encourage people to simplify it. And the thing you can do is really find ways to talk to your customers. Uh, there's, you know, my platform is certainly an option, but there's many ways to do it. The point is just get started doing it. And, you know, the, the conversations really require not just talking, but also listening. And I think the more you do that, you'll just find you're going to be better tuned into what they're thinking and feeling and you'll find ways because you're going to be an expert in your industry or your uh, uh, area that you can say, hey, you know, I can see the pain that Josh is having. And I think this is something that's going to really help him. And that's what you're looking for, those insights to really help your customers get to that next level of happiness and satisfaction. Awesome. Darshan, I really appreciate you coming on Making Bank today, sharing your knowledge and your insights and just being able to uh, help people out. So thank you again for your time today. Thank you very much as well, Josh. It was a pleasure talking to you. I am Josh Felber. You were watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.